I remember still um, me and my wife we ran out onto the street uh, with my kids and we would we took like pots and pans and we were banging them and everybody was celebrating it, it was very sweet right and it was it was it the city really came together uh, in, in a way that I had never seen and it happened before that's Sanjeev Khusla senior vice president of the transition unit at Expo 2020 you knew then that this was something really powerful that this was something that could unite and change uh, the city and its future This moment of the win will likely be remembered as one of the most iconic moments in the UAE's history as a nation. Excitement was high. Fireworks shot through the sky and crowds poured into the streets, rejoicing in celebration all through the night. But in the lead-up to that moment, years and years went into planning how Expo will contribute to shaping the future of Dubai. And there was a whole team of people dedicated to ensuring that those plans became a reality. In this episode, part two of our series about Expo legacies, we'll get a glimpse of a future Dubai where the Expo site is a prominent feature, one that will live on decades after the event has left town. I'm Noon Saleh, and this is Inside Expo, an official podcast of Expo 2020 Dubai, where history is being made. In a way, we are in our event mode right now, but we we have activated long before our plans for for after Expo. So it was something very important for us to ensure that we thought of it right from the get-go, that it was not an afterthought. My name is Marjan Fereidouni. I'm the Chief Experience Officer at Expo. I'm also the Chief Human Resource Officer at Expo. Marjan started her Expo 2020 journey in 2014, as the city was coming out of its bid phase. Back then, she was a volunteer. What lured her in to join full-time was the Expo leadership's grand vision, not only for the event, but for what would happen in Dubai after the event. Organizing for an uh, an Expo is not something that's uh, typical or uh, usual because you needed to think about uh, planning on different levels. the first stage of the planning was making sure that you deliver on a, a site, on a promise, in a very short period of time. So um, that is around five to six years you actually had to build a city. But the second part of the challenge of this expo or an expo organization is that you need to think about what happens next. From day one. This is Sanjeev again. When we uh, built a uh, design, the master plan for Uh, the event site, Um, the legacy consideration of all of the entire site and its individual elements was uh, paramount and was uh, as important as the event usage, in fact, probably more important. The best way I could explain it is that we actually built a city that uh, happened to host a World Expo in 2021. So we, we didn't want to just 
have this as a six months event where people come and enjoy one day. We wanted it to be a place that continues to live on, but also one that creates inspiration and uh, for, for the future generation. After Expo ends in March 2022, the site will be transformed into District 2020, an all-inclusive smart city where 80% of Expo's built environment will be turned into a global innovation hub where people can come to work, live, study, and attend cultural events. The legacy use of uh, the, the Expo 2020 site is uh, to transform itself into what we describe as a human-centric city of the future. Now, in order to achieve that, you need to, we needed to think about how that was going to be delivered while planning for the event, uh, you know, uh, six, seven years back. Uh, because the vision was very clear that once the event is over, this needs to transform itself into a 15-minute city. Meaning every amenity, every need, would be 15 minutes away on foot. So we've designed it in such a way that the infrastructure and the built environment and the public realm which is there supports that vision. A vision which uh, I think for its time was uh, is, is quite uh, forward-looking. The vision that Sanjeev and Marjan describe was a guiding principle, a figurative blueprint. In practice, all the cogs would have to turn in sync for this future smart city to function. So what would living or working in District 2020 actually look like? A new moment in time in the course of the history, not just of this country, but this region. And we want to do that by staying true to the theme of connecting minds uh, and, and, and creating this incredible new future. All our buildings are, um, you know, built to be efficient in the use of energy and water, for example. But we also have uh, one of the best uh, technology infrastructures uh, in the city of Dubai and perhaps in the United Arab Emirates. We generate about 22% of our electricity on site. The balance of it comes in directly from the solar park that Dubai has built. Um, all the trees that we have planted out here are essentially, you know, local trees. And it's not just about the resources. It's that human-centric experience as well. District 2020 is what we call as a living lab. You would see uh, people working around the place with new technologies and testing them in a, new, in a real world environment. You will see, uh, uh, you know, artists and creative people using the public realm to express themselves. You will see this place as being, an, uh, a, you know, a, a really uh, an Epicurean delight where you can kind of sample the, fo uh, the foods of the world. We're really trying to focus on being a city that uh, takes into consideration the well-being of the resident of that city. Um, so we have bike tracks, we have... Um, uh, running tracks. The fact that we were building it um, with the individual in mind was a huge um, uh, winning point. It's also really well connected. The area is a stone's throw away from Dubai's new airport. Roads have been overhauled, new bridges were installed, and the ever-efficient metro network is already proving to be popular with Expo visitors. The physical structures at the current Expo site will eventually be repurposed as housing units, office spaces, and retail shops. Some global corporations have already committed to moving their Middle East headquarters to the new district, taking over the spaces that are currently used as pavilions. 
And then, needless to say, there are the architectural marvels of Dubai's expo. As an expo, we had the responsibility to build pavilions that talk about our themes of mobility, sustainability, and opportunity. So it wasn't only about attracting the big organizations. And if I take the example of the sustainability pavilion, we built it uh, with the future in mind. So it's going to become a children's and science center. The incredible architecture stays. Aleph, which is the mobility pavilion designed by Foster's and Partners and looks like a fidget spinner, which is about to take off, right? Or al Plaza, the incredible projection dome. All of this will, uh, will be there and to, to inspire you. District 2020 is built to serve the next generation, but also the one after and many others to come. That means it's constantly evolving. For Dubai, we are in the path of continuing to develop. I mean, our nation is only 50 years old. When we decided we wanted to host this World Expo, it was not by accident. It was part and parcel of a larger plan to continue to, to develop the city of Dubai. One of the incredible things about uh, the legacy element and of District 2020 is that you're following on from Expo 2020. How do you keep this project at that same level of uh, intensity, of, uh, you know, uh, incredibleness, of, of amazement, which uh, Expo was able to do? We have to keep that, um, you know, that energy, that spirit, that level of creativity going, uh, not just... Uh, for the six months after or the one year after, but for the five years after, the 10 years after. This is going to be a really big ask and a tough uh, act to follow. But but it's a good thing to do. It's a good thing. It, it, it just means we need to uh, work harder and, you know, be creative and come up with new things. The impact of a mega event goes beyond just the physical and tangible. The themes in and of themselves have to translate effectively decades from now. We always had to think of it through the guiding principle of what does it mean in terms of leaving a legacy. Legacy in terms of economic legacy, social leg legacy, political legacy, and reputational le legacy. I mean, the principles are simple, but very, very deep. A part of that process, Marjan says, is learning from past expos. Not only from London, where the first exhibition took place, or Lisbon, which redefined an entire city, but also from more recent ones, like Milan in 2015 and Astana in 2017. There was a wealth of experience and in terms of observations that my team and I got to understand what the ethos of an expo is, what were the ingredients of making it happen. And it was very clear to us that the question of after the event was always uh, the top of agenda of, um, you know, uh, the cities, the policymakers, the citizens, the community. One of Expo 2020's mandates is to pay that learning process forward so that future cities and mega events can be inspired to create and leave their own legacies behind. Um, so we are documenting all the learnings that are happening through our programs. That's why we've worked very hard on developing education programs for school kids across the, the country and also international through our virtual programs. We're also documenting through a very solid archiving system the whole journey so that we remember 
this as a moment in history. So we didn't want to do things that will that have no value. Uh, and we were very keen on the social aspects of the legacy we wanted to leave behind. At the smallest level, it's essentially trying to just uh, collect documents, objects, artifacts, which tell the story of Expo. We're setting up an Expo museum and an archive. So we want to collect, you know, uh, items which tell the story of, of Expo for anybody who maybe five years from now and 10 years from now was curious, what, what, tell me the story of Expo 2020. So the second way in which we do it is what I'm doing with you right now. In other words, this very episode, this audio story captured in real time while Expo 2020 Dubai is happening, is part of Expo 2020's mission to archive the history of the site that will one day be someone's home, a place where they will make and create new memories. The other day I had um, three schoolgirls who walked in and then I asked them, do you think you'd like to live here and work here in the future? And just the looks on their face and they were like, do you think we really could? That would be like the greatest thing ever. And that just makes my day. You know, the kids of tomorrow, the, the students, the youth of today, they're all going to come here and they really want to do uh, do these amazing things. When we decided to also host this expo, we had, you know, the community in mind, the person in mind, uh, in order to create a city that um, also put the human uh, at the center of what that development could look like. We are living in a world where integration with the community is important. We always ask people, what's the one phrase that you think of when you come to this district? Right, And everybody says... It's very human. The scale is very human. You feel very connected to it. You feel that it's it's nurturing you and taking care of you. I really think that, you know, uh, when you come here 10 years from now, you won't want to leave. You'll be home. Inside Expo takes you behind the scenes at Expo 2020 Dubai sharing our stories and others across the 170-year history of this global event. Learn more by visiting virtualexpodubay.com. Inside Expo is produced by Kerning Cultures Network. We release episodes every Tuesday and Friday. Subscribe to Inside Expo on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss an episode. If you enjoyed the show, share it with your friends and leave us a review.